You are listening to the Not Neurotypical Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and this podcast is all about being neurodivergent in a really neurotypical world. I am a married mom of three, or well, I'm trying to stay married, and I also work, or well, I try to work. Well, anyway, if you don't mind me using you as therapy, strap on your seatbelts, hold on tight, because it's probably going to be a bumpy ride. Today, I really want to talk about the different reasons why we mask and what to look out for, and also how to stop masking. So this is everything you need to know, and I am currently unmasking myself, and it's a process. So rule number one, don't let anyone pressure you into masking. Also, don't pressure yourself. This is something that is done over time. It is not doing anyone any favors, especially yourself, if you are forcing yourself into situations where you feel unsafe and you're not ready to handle them. And sometimes we take the mask off a little bit. We realize, oops, I'm not ready for this. And we slip the mask back on. And I don't think you should see that as a failure. I think you should see that as a learning lesson. So we need to make sure that we're keeping it in that framework. And that is the first rule of unmasking. Stay positive because it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And when I say stay positive, that is something that I mean for you. See it as a self-care type thing because it can be really beautiful. It really can. It can also be really, really hard and really scary and really nerve racking. So for me, I started unmasking the second that I realized that I was wearing a mask, which was the second I officially self-diagnosed myself with autism spectrum disorder. And I was really upset. I was devastated because I always thought I was a really authentic person. And As I was processing the fact that I was always wearing a mask for as long as I could remember, I felt not authentic anymore. I felt ashamed and I felt feelings of worthlessness. I felt feelings of, I can't even trust myself anymore. Like, how can I trust my gut if I'm always faking who I am? It's really easy to go there, but And I think that's a normal process of taking the mask off because no one likes having to wear a mask. But once you kind of break it apart and see, okay, I was doing this because I wasn't processing situations very well, or I wasn't handling situations very well, or I was masking to protect myself, then you can feel a little better. Just because you were masking and going about things the wrong way doesn't mean that you knew that. You were not doing this on purpose. So leave the shame behind if you can, or embrace the shame for like five minutes and then let it go. That's what I always try to do. I'll give myself some time. Um, For me, it was not five minutes. It was probably like two or three weeks, maybe more, maybe a month. You just accept it. You just have to because it's part of the process and it sucks, but taking the mask off is beautiful. And I'll tell you why. You get to know parts of yourself that you kind of knew were there. You learn about yourself in a new way. All of a sudden, you see things clearer. You understand where things are coming from. You literally get to know yourself. And 
if you are in your 30s, 40s, or 50s, like me, I'm in my 30s, even though it's late and you feel a little shame for that, you appreciate getting the chance to get to know yourself. And I hope that even if you're in your 20s or teens, that you will also appreciate getting to know yourself because in your 20s and teens, that's when you're supposed to be getting to know yourself anyway. So really appreciate that. The truth is that autistic masking is also really complex because with the positives come a lot of negatives. And some of those are, at least for me, I realized that I was masking sensory things. So what that means is that sensory-wise sound, I'm very, very, very sensitive with. And it's not all sound, it's certain sounds. So I can be blasting metal music and it's pleasing to my ears. And so it's not volume, but volume does sometimes have something to do with it. So for me, if a million people are talking all in different conversations, say you are at a conference or something like that, where there's a large group of people and everyone's sitting next to each other and um, the speaker hasn't started speaking yet. And I'm totally using this from experience because I was recently at a conference and I had to bring my noise canceling headphones because the first day when I didn't bring them, I literally had a sensory hangover the next day where it's hard to explain. It's not like a headache. You just wake up and your head does not feel right. And by the way, if you have a kid who says that their head hurts a lot, this is what I did. And I didn't understand that. And I used to assume it was a headache because I didn't know. If you have a kid that says, I don't feel good or my head hurts, chances are they're having sensory overload with things. Um, It's a very good chance. So look into that if they are saying that to you. Because that's something I did a lot as a kid. I didn't understand it. My parents, of course, didn't understand it. If you are experiencing sensory overload and you don't know how to handle it or process it, a way that we make ourselves safe or say you just don't want to be like that. It's not socially acceptable to be like, can you talk not so loud, (laughs) that's not socially acceptable. It's not socially acceptable to be like, hold on, stop talking. Someone else is talking and I'm trying to listen to them. And I know you weren't talking to me, but please stop talking so that I can focus. So what we do, since it's not socially acceptable to basically have autistic traits, what we do is we mask it. We don't do that on purpose. We don't say, I'm going to put a mask on because I don't want to look a certain way. We just deal with it. And how do we deal with it? We ignore it and we avoid it. And that's a mask that we put on. That's a mask that I put on heavily. So when the mask came off and I didn't even realize that I was masking, I had to all of a sudden deal with huge sensory issues, not just sound for me, also touch. I realized that I grew up in a family where, as a girl especially, you had to hug, you had to kiss when you see everybody, when they leave, you know, a big Italian family, that's just the way it is. And I never liked it. And when you're real little, you can kind of get away with it. But as you get older, it's like, this is what you do. You do this. And I found myself also later, because I was forced to do these kind of things, just going along with touch sensory things like hugging people and things like that, that I don't want to do. And taking the mask off, you start to realize that as well. So with the good comes the bad. 
and it's really good to be prepared for both of them so that you can handle it in a really healthy way. So staying positive is really important. And one way that you do that is by planning for the negative, saying, okay, I'm going to learn some things about myself that aren't lovely, but that's okay. And what I'm going to do by learning these things and feeling overwhelmed, I'm going to learn how to make them better in different situations. So see it in a positive way. Sensory overload really, really sucks. Meltdowns really suck. But if you can try to process what caused these things and how to help them, that's when the positivity kicks in and you're able to make it a little better going forward. And this is why getting to know yourself is a great thing because we learn about the not so lovely things about ourselves or the things that trigger meltdowns and um, sensory overload. And we get to combat them in a healthy way and learn. And for me, I cannot go out as much. I Back in the day, probably ADHD felt like I constantly needed to leave the house, and now I'm seeing that leaving the house affects me negatively if I do it too much. So healthy boundaries. Speaking of healthy boundaries, it's really, 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 really important to learn your healthy boundaries and take care of yourself. And the way you take care of yourself is setting up those healthy boundaries. And I recently learned this in a really intimate and public way. So I set a friendship boundary for myself and I probably didn't handle it that well. I'll fully admit that. Um, When it felt like it was just getting too hard, I set a boundary by making space. And it's important to realize that healthy boundaries are for you and not for other people. So I took it really negatively all the negative stuff going on around it, I took it negatively and I shouldn't have. And I'm sharing this in a really real way with you guys because setting boundaries is not easy when you grow up autistic, especially when you don't know you're autistic and you are learning all of the life lessons that you were supposed to learn as you grow up in your thirties, forties, or fifties. It's really hard. I am learning everything all over again. That's what it feels like when you're late diagnosed. You learn everything about yourself and then you learn how to handle it. You learn that, of course, you can take medication to help certain things, but medication doesn't change who you are. It doesn't set healthy boundaries for you. Medication doesn't help you be a better person. It helps you learn how to do those things in some cases Um, Some medications help you calm down just enough so that you can get to a place where you're comfortable to work on yourself. I'm on ADHD medication because I have executive functioning issues, and it helps me focus enough to be able to work on myself, but it doesn't fix my problems. And it's really important that we just learn those things, and it's hard, but that's what we have to do. So setting healthy boundaries is really the biggest thing that I am learning right now because the mask comes off and then what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do when the mask comes off? You have to learn trial and error, basically. Uh, Best guesses for yourself what's going to work and you put yourself in situations, kind of see how it goes. That's what I did. I set a healthy boundary for myself and... I learned a lot. Let's just say that. I learned that 
it doesn't have to be considered a negative thing. And now a couple weeks later, I'm feeling really, really positive about it. I took the negatives out of it and kind of spun it around to ways that I have learned now how to set boundaries in a better way. So what are healthy boundaries? It might be telling someone to go bleep themselves when they're being a total jerk to you. We hear all the time really negative things about autism or ADHD or whatever type of neurodivergent person you are. And it's really important that when you're late diagnosed, that you own these things. And part of unmasking is letting people know. So be prepared to stick up for yourself. If you are not able to stick up for yourself and you unmask and you basically come out to people around you, say like, for instance, me, Hey, I'm autistic. I just found out after my son was diagnosed and all of that. If someone responds really negatively, you have to stick up for yourself or you feel shame, you feel alone, you feel horrible. But if you can stick up for yourself, then you're like, well, I said my piece and they respond accordingly after that. You have to set these healthy boundaries. You decide for yourself where you are going to set your healthy boundaries. At first, you can set them really high, really high boundaries. Protect yourself. And as you unmask more and more and more, as you get stronger in who you are, as you get more confident, those boundaries can come down a little bit at a time, but it's a long process. And by no means am I an unmasking expert. I am sharing my unmasking journey with you, which I am not complete yet. I am working on it. And just make sure that you are not letting anyone push you into unmasking a certain way because it's really, really, really important that you set the tone because when you unmask, it is the first day of the rest of your life. So no one can do this journey for you. No one can tell you what to do. No one can set a healthy boundary for you. Um, You can definitely have support and you can ask people in your life that you love, people that you feel safe with for support. That's totally okay, but no one can do this for you. So you decide what makes you happy. 